Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 45 of the Mess Hall Podcast. This week's episode is with Mo Mandel. I was super excited to interview him. I've been a fan of him for a long time. You know, he's been on shows that I really like, like Two Broke Girls. So I was really excited to interview him. You know, make sure you check him out. You know, check out his specials. I've watched him. I had some good laughs. So, like I said, I was super excited for this. And what I'm most excited about for is I get to see him live this week. He's at the Laugh Shop in Calgary here. So he's here tomorrow night. He's here Friday, two shows at like 7.30, 10 o'clock. Again on Saturday, 7.30, 10 o'clock shows. So if you are in Calgary, make sure you check him out. He's super funny. I just, I really enjoy him. So make sure you go check him out. And if you like him, then make sure you check out his podcast, the full release podcast. It's uh, him and his girlfriend. We talk about it in the podcast a little bit. We don't always talk about food in this one. We talk about a lot of comedy stuff and what I like to see in comedy shows and what he likes. So, again, make sure you check out his shows at the Laugh Shop this week. And make sure you check out his podcast, the full release, Sex, Health, and Relationships. You know, it's good for a good laugh. I, I've been enjoying it. I've been listening to it for the last couple weeks. So, like I said... Enjoy the podcast. Make sure you give it five stars on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at the Mess Hall Pod, and make sure you check out Mo Mandel this week at the Laugh Shop. I'll put all the links to that in the show notes, so make sure you check it out. And like I said, check out his podcast, the full release with Mo Mandel and Doctor Ashley. As always, uh, Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. This week's podcast shout out is going to let's find out answering questions about Edmonton's history. I know I'm in Calgary, but still, I'm a, I'm a big history fan, so even though I'm learning history about Edmonton, it's still a good thing. And if you like history in general, make sure you check out this podcast. I know I enjoyed the podcast about the Green Onion Cake Man. Um, I was curious about it because I like Green Onion Cakes, so I had to make sure I checked that out. Just a new episode came out a couple days ago, so um, make sure you check that podcast out again. It's uh, Let's Find Out, answering questions about Edmonton's history. So, Mo Mandel, welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Thank you, sir. Um, how's it going today? It's going good, man. Very excited to be uh, chatting with somebody up in the great north where I'm heading. You know, how is it up there? Am I going to freeze my balls off or what? You're not going to freeze off your balls off today. It's about 7 degrees Celsius, so I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Maybe about 45, 50 Fahrenheit, so... I always forget that Canada is on that Celsius thing, man. It's so funny that it's like, we're right next to you guys, but you guys are on like the sophisticated thing. You've got free, you got healthcare, you got education, and we're just like living in some Fahrenheit <laughs> wild, wild west down here. Yes, and we also use a metric system, so it's all I weird. And yeah, so um, I know you have a podcast, um, full release with Mo Mandel and 
Dr. Ashley. So I've been listening to that, and it's pretty funny. I like it. It's some good advice on there as well. But you were talking about how you make your wife, or is she your wife or girlfriend? She's my girlfriend, okay. but she's pressuring me a lot to make her my wife. And uh, as she is a, a doctor, I should probably I should probably take her up on that. Yes, yes. So you were talking about how you make her dinner most of the time. So what kind of stuff do you make her for, for her dinner? Like, what, what, what are you cooking nowadays? Well, so uh, we've been trying to, you know, eat less meat, like, uh, as you do as you get older, right? Try to eat a little more healthy and whatnot. So I got some of these uh, Beyond Burgers the other day at the store, those sort of, like, all-veggie kind of burgers. Yeah. But, like... And usually veggie burgers suck, you know, but they've sort of, they've cracked it, I think, recently with the Beyond Burger and the Impossible Burger. They finally figured out a way to make, like, I mean, as far as I can see, it really tastes like a hamburger. And it has the same texture and everything. So, busted those out last night, uh, fried up some potatoes, like cut up some onions in there, a little uh, little hamburger, sort of somewhat French fry type type deal and then um, I'm trying to make it sound more complicated than it was it was actually a bag of potatoes that we just you know one of those one of those bags you get at the store but um, yeah, yeah. I'm not much of a chef but I mean I do like to uh, it is nice to be able to cook for her because I know that uh, these days she's working super hard and, and uh, it just kind of feels like a nice little way to get back to her a little bit food is such a good way to do that I find yeah I agree with you I I enjoy cooking for my wife, especially if she's working like a late night and then she gets home and it's already ready for her. So it's something special to do, I, I think. So What I've been struggling with, though, maybe you could help me out on this, is broccoli. Now, I have been trying to make uh, broccoli on like stir fries and stuff, and it is a hard thing to cook correctly, I find. Because if I steam it, I always go too far and it gets mushy. And then uh, it's just very hard to, to not overcook it or undercook it. See, I like it on the crunchy side, so I'm always safe off by not cooking it too, too much. And then, um, yeah. Just... Yeah, I feel the same way. I like it crunchy as well. And that's why uh, I've had some major strikeouts lately because I've, I've been cooking it and it ends up really, like, just gummy. And then, and then it's like you feel like you're eating nothing, basically. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Once you overcook it, it just goes... That weird green color and mushy and just yeah. gross. Vegetables, vegetables can be great, but I find it takes a lot more skill to be able to cook a healthy meal as opposed to an unhealthy meal. You're right. You're right. Because it's so easy to deep fry something. but So easy to deep fry something. So easy to throw butter on it. So easy just to kind of fry up some steak or something. Yeah. And it all tastes good. Yeah, but as soon as you try to, yeah, as soon as you try to make it good for you, it's like you got to have a little more skill. So I'm sort of not quite there yet, but I'm I'm at least trying. I, I agree with you. Like when I make stir fries, they don't always come out the best because they just overcook sometimes. But that's why I just usually just steam my vegetables and add some flavor on afterwards. So that's that's the way I like to do it. So I'm coming up to do that uh, laugh the laugh shop comedy club this weekend in calgary how's the food there is the food uh am i gonna have some good treats have you been down there i've i've been there i've seen i've seen lots of shows there i've never yeah i've eaten there i've had nachos and stuff there nachos yeah, and comedy movies. club food can be uh, uh it can be very hit or miss you know yeah but if you go to, i haven't been to this club yet but i'm excited to get to the last the last shop but if you if you do a club with good food man it makes the experience so much better because okay 
then you're at, you know, as a comic, you're just hanging around all weekend. You're eating there like three nights in a row. And so if they have like some of these clubs have really good chefs that are willing to like, you know, mess around with the menu and find you something good to eat. And it, like, it definitely makes the experience less, uh, you know, uh, Spartan. Sometimes oh, okay. you comedy clubs where you're on the road and you're like, fuck, you're eating like chicken fingers three nights in a row. And by the time <laughs> you leave, you feel like you're about to die. So what, what comedy club has really good food? Well, they used to have this one in Miami. The uh, they used to have this improv. It was called the Improv down in Miami. I don't think it's there anymore. But they they used to literally like they they would have like fresh fish every day, and it was really like reflective of the ingredients that they really have down there. Okay. So that's I don't know what's good. the what's the Calgary. I mean, is there any kind of a signature dish of that area? I I don't know if there's any signature dish, but there's a lot of good places like um, just down the road from the. Blackfoot Inn. There's a uh, there's a nice little barbecue place that I I like I like it there. It's really good. They do like mostly sandwiches, like bar- whether it's beef brisket or pulled pork stuff like that. It's uh, holy smoke. So it's just down the road from from Blackfoot Inn and the Glass Shop. Now, is there so. any is there any difference in Canadian barbecue to uh, like regular like American Southern barbecue? I don't think there is. I think most of can. Canadian barbecue and especially Calgary barbecue is reflected of Texas barbecue. Okay. Um, you know, you'll get some places that do pull pork, which is more of a Carolina style, but it's mostly, I'd say that Texas style barbecue. So now I was, uh, I've done that Montreal comedy festival a few times Yeah. and, uh, I'm definitely on the side of not loving poutine. No, I know people love up there. I know. I just try. I tried it every every time I go up there. I try it, and then I don't eat it again until I'm there the next time. <laughs> so maybe it's you forget how bad it was, and then try yeah, it, it again. Just something. It just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't rock my world. But I know that uh, they do have a lot of good food there, though. Montreal. Yeah. That's that's kind of Montreal's where I spent the majority of my Canadian time, and uh, definitely seems like that's a pretty foodie type place. It does. I've never eaten in montreal i've drove through it but um yeah i've never been there for any amount of time to sit down and have a good meal at a restaurant or anything so but i've heard good things about it hmm. we'll have to try it out on our show uh the full release you know which i told you is like this this podcast to do with my girlfriend who's a uh the reason we do it is because she's a urologist and a sexual medicine doctor so sometimes we'll take questions from people and uh one of the questions we got the other day was on like Foods that are aphrodisiacs. Okay. And, uh, you know, on which ones, but it didn't sound like there was any, you know, there's a, there's the different ones everyone's heard of, like oysters and, and stuff like that, but doesn't seem, according to my girlfriend, the sex doctor, didn't seem like there was any food specifically linked to being an actual aphrodisiac. That's interesting. I, I know that one person I heard, she said that corn chowder was. Corn chowder. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. That was very young in my cooking career, so. Um, I wonder I, why that would be sounds like such an unsexy dish to me. Yeah, it, it does. It's just like soup almost, and, <laughs> right. and we're not. I don't think we'll get into a conversation of soup versus chowder, and, but I, I don't see it as a aphrodisiac. For it doesn't seem like an erotic mate to each no. their own, you know. <laughs> no, I'm taking the wife out for some corn chowder, so it doesn't sound too romantic. <laughs> no. 
But maybe try it on Valentine's Day. Make some reservations at a good chowder house and see what happens. <laughs> I've never been to a chowder house, but it seems like it would be interesting. So yeah. what other foods were suggested that might be an aphrodisiac? Um, see, I think there was a... Uh, uh, oh, what is that? It's like a fruit. It's called like a... A papaya, yeah. Somehow there was something okay. in a papaya that was supposed to trigger something, possibly. That's you know? interesting. Um, which I could see, you know, and it's got kind of an island kind of vibe to it, you know. Might be interesting, but uh, it, it it would be interesting to know. I mean, it seems to me that, like, in terms of aphrodisiacs, everything affects people differently, you know? Yeah. Like, I know people who say they love smoking weed and then, and then having sex. To me, I get, if I smoke weed, I get so out of it. Sex is the furthest thing on my mind. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, I want to, like, cower under the covers and go to sleep. I'm so paranoid, you know? And so it's like the brain is such an interesting thing because, like, just different chemicals affect people's brains in such a different way, you know? Yeah, it's so true. So you are coming to Canada. Weed is legalized. Cut. That's um, right. Is there, after you have some weed, is there any foods that you crave? Do you have the munchies or anything like that, or does it affect you at all? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big dessert guy, so after my shows there at Calgary, I'll definitely, <laughs> I'll be trying to find some late night dessert spots, you know. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a big, like, uh, I don't know, something about, after, after the, I, don't, I used to drink a lot of alcohol, I don't drink anymore, so uh, I've been sober for almost four years now, so after I do shows... You know, I used to go out and get drunk, and now, because that's no longer an option, really, I go out and I just try to, like, eat a fucking piece of pie or some uh, some other fatty bullshit. Okay. It's like, I, you know, you got to end your night doing something unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Except I, I feel. I, I've been trying to get away from that, but I do agree with you. It's definitely better to do it. So I mean, it's better to not do it, but the compulsion yeah. is definitely to do it. Yes, yes, you're right. There's... I don't know why that is, but when you live a whole day, you get ready to go to bed, you just want to do something dysfunctional. I don't know what it is. It's like there's some sort of, whether it's smoking a cigarette or having some weed or a drink or a bowl of ice cream, there's just something like like you've earned it. You yes. Know? Just end your day off in a good note. Exactly. Yeah. Is a big drink in town up there? Am I going to have some drunk crowds at my shows there at the last the last shop? Um. Possibly, uh, probably the late show. Um, I've never been to a show where the audience has been too too rowdy. So, um, I, I don't know if I want to be to a show where the yeah. crowd is really rowdy because I'd rather be there for the entertainment of the comedian than the yeah. entertainment of the crowd and that stupid heckler what? that's just being a total right. dick. So. Well, I've never been to the last shop, so I don't, I don't know. I've never uh, seen any of the local comics up there in Calgary, but um, is, is there a good comedy scene up there? I think there is. There, I I really enjoy it anyway. There's three really good sh- places on the weekends, and then there's a good handful of shows during the week as well. So I, I think the comedy scene is really good and healthy here. So um, That's cool. What do you think it is that uh, you're a chef, but you're not a comic, but you really like comedy? Yes. Do you think there's a similarity in the mentality of a chef and a comedian? I, I think there is. After talking to a lot of comedians on this podcast, it's where, you know, as a chef, I want to make what I think is best. And sure, you have a ton of people saying, well, this is better or that's better. 
And and it's probably the same as a comedian where you're going to make your comedy your art. And you might have other people saying, no, well, you can't say that. It's too risky or whatever. But I think you just do what you think is best for yourself. So I think in that mindset, it's almost similar. Yeah, it's interesting too because as a chef and a comedian, you're you are you have to stick to your guns and do what you think. But at the end of the day, there is an audience that will tell you what they think. Yes, and and, you, and if you want to keep your job, you better at least be making them happy ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah, and, and I think you have to bend a little, but not break to it. Right. Because if you're right, right. breaking to every whim of every person, then you're going to have so much stuff that you have to throw out almost you'll just be serving a uh, macaroni and cheese by the end of the day exactly and that doesn't make sense so right and it, it maybe it's the same for comedians like i i know your type of comedy is a little bit i don't know like you tell some off-color jokes which i love but yeah. maybe somebody else won't like that like 100 percent. yeah do you cater to that two people out of the room of 250 that don't like it like that's pointless almost yeah to me if you're doing comedy and like everybody likes it it probably means it sucks like i don't know to me i think it's always got to be kind of testing the boundaries a little bit and sort of pushing the audience a little bit that's to me that's the kind of comedy i enjoy you know And, and and i like that too i yeah i i don't like just toilet humor but i like i like comics that go and push the boundaries like yeah if it's too safe it feels like uh what's the point of even going to the show you could watch something safe on tv you know yeah. or a live show although now with the internet and everybody putting everything online that they go to see i wonder if that's going to affect it because it used to be comedians could just go somewhere and whatever they said there ended that night but now you know it all lives on forever because people are recording them and you know tattletailing online and that kind of thing yeah, but I I don't know. Maybe that's just a troll mentality. Uh, oh, it certainly is. Just there's so many of them. Yeah. You know? But for me, I I just like to go to a show and watch the show. I don't want to see. I don't want to take my phone out and record it. And hundred oh, percent. No, neither do I. But it's just so interesting now. That's like people are doing that at these shows. You know. I wonder if people are doing it so they can try to find something to complain about and post it online. I think 100%. And that's, yeah, that's just sad, I guess. Well, that's the new thing, you know. Being offended by what somebody else is saying is like the new uh, having a personality. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we can't be offended by everything. Right. But some some people might not even be offended by it and think, well, this other person will be, so I'll post it up and hope for a reaction. Well, because people see that every time they, every time they, tattletale on someone online or post something online it gets this big reaction yeah so they they see that and that makes it be like oh that person got a lot of attention or that thing got a lot of play you know maybe i spin this and even if they're only like half offended maybe they allow i don't know it just it's definitely different as a comic you have to think through what you say a lot more you know yeah and that must make your job a lot harder as well Definitely a lot harder. I mean, maybe ultimately it makes you, I don't know, maybe maybe it makes things better. I, it takes some of the fun out of it, that's for sure. It used to be like a little freer. You felt like you could just kind of, and maybe there was an element of it that you could make the argument that comedians have been too free on stage of what they say. But to me, it's like, 
I think the audience is generally pretty smart, and they know if something's a joke or not. You know, people pretend they're dumber than they actually are to allow themselves to be offended by things that people say. I don't you know. know. I, I I just for me, I just want to go to a comedy show, and I want to have a good laugh. That's why I'm there. Like yeah. And if you're not there for that reason, maybe you shouldn't be there. I agree. Especially when you know what kind of comic you're going to see, you know? Yeah. Like, anytime anyone complains about me after a show, I'm like, you could have just watched, like, I have, like, hours of material on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I'm looking forward to your show, because I've seen some of it online. And I've heard you on other podcasts. So I know what you're about, and that's why I'm excited for it. Like, Yeah. So. Actually, you know, a, com- a Canadian comedian named Bonnie McFarland, she lives in America, but she's from Canada, she has a great bit where, like, I remember hearing her say this before where she's like, uh, you know, when people come to a comedy show without looking at what kind of comedian it is and then they don't like him. It's just ridiculous. That's like if you went to a concert and we're just like, oh, hope it's jazz. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the onus at this point is on the audience to, to be aware of what kind of comedy the show into. But I'm excited to get up there because I have a ton of new material. And so sweet, uh, sweet. for people who have seen a lot of my stuff online or my Amazon special, I have a special on there called Negative Reinforcement. If anyone might have seen that, I have like a whole new hour now, so I'm excited to be able to to be able to show that off and whatever. Yeah, I started watching Negative Reinforcement, and I I had some good laughs, and then I got interrupted. And when I find I'm watching a comedy special, if I get interrupted and I have to take a break for five ten minutes, it loses that momentum. So I want to go back and watch it from the first. So, I even got my my act even got heckled on 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 Amazon. No, I got heckled from my son. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't much about you as it was about a screaming kid at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I understand. I understand. Yeah, um, but what you're saying is almost like going to a restaurant and expecting a steakhouse to be at McDonald's. Just, right. It doesn't make sense for a lot of people. All right, so it would be like if you went to a restaurant, you complained about something not being on the menu, and you're like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, this is our menu. What are you going to do? Like, right? Run across the street and grab you some ice cream? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, hey everyone, just going to take a quick time out to bring you a quick uh, commercial break for from our sponsor, ATB Financial. If you're an artist, check out ATB's branch for arts and culture, a bank, music venue, and a creative space all in one. So you're, whether you're a budding musician wanting advice on how to save for a new instrument or an artist looking for a bank that understands how your business works, ATB can help. To find out more, go to atb.com slash the branch. And back to the conversation. So you did mention having ice cream at the end of the night. Is there ice cream that you like? Like, what's your go-to flavor? There's this great place in Portland. I'm up here with my girlfriend. She lives in Portland, in uh, Portland, Oregon. And there's this great place called Salt and Straw, which is like a really popular ice cream place up here. And it's just moved down to L.A. in a few locations. And I'm talking like line around the block every time. It's called okay. Salt and Straw. And they make all these really interesting kind of ice cream flavors and combos. And uh, so I've been eating a, way too much of that up here. <laughs> so what's your go-to flavor? They got this thing called this caramel, salted caramel ribbon. Where it's okay. like salted caramel through vanilla ice cream. Oh, nice. It's just amazing. Salted ice cream. Who would have thought it worked so well? But it really does. Yeah, I had a chef years ago that used to put salt on his vanilla ice cream. And I thought he was crazy, but it does bring out the flavor a lot. So. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, that salt is a powerful ingredient. 
It is. I don't do it just for health reasons now, but it's yeah. still it's still pretty good. It does bring up that flavor a lot, so. Yeah. It never claimed it was going to make you healthier, but it no. does make things taste better. <laughs> it does. Yes, you're right. What else is going on in Portland in like besides the ice cream store? What else? So is... we we basically been uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of cooking at home and then um you know, doing the podcast a lot. We go eat a lot of sushi. We're bef- definitely both into that. Nice. So food-wise, we're doing a lot of that. And then, um, yeah, just trying to perform as much as I can and, uh, you know, writing on some different scripts and projects. And I go back down to L.A. and uh, get into the new year, you know, start getting back into the grind. So L.A. must have a good food scene versus Portland? or L.A.'s got a you know, very good food scene, yeah. Yeah, a lot of really good food. Um, trying to think where some of the good places I've gone lately. Uh, we go to this place, Taroni, which is down on, which is in Beverly, like kind of near Beverly Hills, and uh, great Italian food. I'm definitely into Italian a lot. Nice. And then, um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of good Middle Eastern food down there. Some good Israeli food. So I, I definitely like to keep the the ethnicity of the food thing changing up quite a bit. Yeah, it sounds like you're all over the place, which is good. It's a good exactly. variety. Yeah, absolutely. There's this place called Tahin Grill, which I love a lot, which is like you walk in there and it's all full of Hasidic Jews and it's like really authentic sort of like Israeli uh, Israeli kind of shawarma place, which is okay. great. Never I love ever. shawarma. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I've been it's really a, great. I've been getting a That's our go-to place if we eat out now. It's just usually a shawarma place. It's... It's quick, it's easy, it's so flavorful, it's good. Yeah, that Mediterranean food, man, it is good. Yeah, I'm glad that they're opening up everywhere. Like, there's a lot of places opening up around here, so. Yeah. It, it definitely uh, enhances the, the quality of the food around. Just giving me more variety, so it's really good that way. Yeah. Well, great, man. I can't, well, I'm going to have to check out that uh, Calgary Cuisine when I'm up there next <laughs> week. This week. Good, good. So, um... That's pretty much our time today. So, again, you're at the Blackfoot Inn, or at the, I call it the Blackfoot Inn because it's a laugh shop inside of the Blackfoot Inn. But Yeah, I'll be there uh, Thursday, let's see, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 10th through the 12th. Sweet. Is that Thursday? Yeah, 10th yeah. through the 12th. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. Like I said, I got a whole new hour of material, and, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to come up there and uh, slam it down so people like comedy come check it out for sure. I know I'll be checking it out, so I'm looking well, forward great. to it. And yeah, I'll see you at the comedy show, and thanks again for being on the podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. No problem.